Hello, I'm Kate Gingell, and you're listening to the Remarkableness Podcast, a weekly discussion with remarkable people doing remarkable things. Today, I am so excited to be speaking with Varen Singh, author, along with his daughter Varusha, of the amazing book, The Inexplicable Laws of Success. Varen has built an incredibly successful business. He's a true leader and teacher, and has inspired many, including myself, to challenge the way we think, our beliefs, and our conditioning. Varend is one of the most humble people I think I know. He's a loving husband, father and grandfather. And I know you're going to enjoy and learn much from listening to this remarkable man. So Varend, thank you so much for being here with me today. Um, I think I first saw you speak about eight or nine years ago and um, was mesmerised straight away <laughs> um, by your words and, um, and by your delivery of them. And in during the last sort of few years, I got to know you a bit better. Um, and I know you as somebody who's incredibly generous, both with your time and with sharing your wisdom. And, and I think you've got so much to offer uh, to so many people. And um, I'm lovely, really lovely to be sitting here with you today. So I'd be very grateful if you could share perhaps a little bit about your background before we get started talking about your book. Thank you, Kate, certainly. Um, I was born and raised in South Africa. Okay. I'm of Indian origin, although India won't regard me as an Indian because <laughs> I'm South African. Um, I migrated from South Africa to Australia 28 years ago. I was in my early 30s then. And uh, I started my career in the computer industry as a programmer and worked my way up the ranks to heading up a computer division in Mm. South Africa. Mm. So when I came to Australia, I was back in the computer division. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, I had to start start low again. So... I started off as a project leader or project manager and, uh, you know, changed jobs about three times Mm -hmm. uh, in my first um, 18 years, I think, Mm -hmm. the three times I changed jobs and eventually I got tired of the day-to-day drudgery of the corporate world Mm -hmm. and I just yearned for for better, Mm -hmm. you know, yearned for a change. And, uh, you know, they say, be careful what you ask for, you might just get it. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, lo and behold, the, you know, as fate would have it, I was introduced to a business opportunity, Mm -hmm. which I was skeptical about at first. But when I did my, my own analysis, I found an absolutely lucrative, you know, I realized how lucrative it was. Mm. And I got involved and, um. I struggled in the beginning because uh, you know entrepreneurship was was new to me, mm. but understanding many of the principles of success and especially you know just persisting in the face of difficulty, mm. I stayed with it. And um, in my third year, I really got the business going. I made mm. it work. <clears throat> I trebled my income, you know, which was a six-figure income from my full-time job inside you know eighteen months. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've attained mm-hmm. financial freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's what I aspire to. So yeah. it's been a, an interesting journey, and uh, yeah. I feel very blessed. Mm. And so you've been incredibly successful in your business, um, and then you wrote this wonderful book, which I have read many times. It's like my Bible. I take it with me everywhere <laughs> and dip into it. And it's having an extraordinary impact, I think, on everybody who has read it. And I actually think it should be compulsory reading in schools, frankly. It's called The Inexplicable Laws of Success, 
and you wrote it with your daughter, Verusha. Can you tell us what, what made you and Verusha decide to write the book? Interesting question. <laughs> uh, we are a father and daughter team. We have complementary knowledge and skill sets. Verusha has always had a passion for writing and I've always had an interest in success principles. Uh, but things happen for a reason and it's probably no coincidence that we join forces to write The Inexplicable Laws of Success. Uh, I think it was a book, you know, whose time has come uh, there's an amazing transformation taking place in human consciousness. Uh, humans are poised for the next great leap in consciousness. Mm. And more and more people are becoming aware that this entire universe is made up of energy and each of us is an integral part of this amazing energy field mm. or energy source. <clears throat> so we did not consciously plan to write this book. It kind of happened instinctively. The book was already a reality on an unseen level. Mm. We just brought it to life using our respective skill sets. Yeah, amazing. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's principally the result of deep insights we've gained through engaging life with passion in a range of areas, enjoying notable success, and then being guided by some hidden hand or some unseen force out there to share those profound insights or at least that's what we felt yes <laughs> yes and our hope is that after reading the inexplicable laws of success people will have a better perspective on reality and what it takes to live a prosperous life yeah and prosperity not just about money <laughs> mm, mm, exactly and mm. and more importantly i think uh, we hope that they will apply the principles contained in the book to impact their lives and the world at large in a mm. positive and yep. lasting way. So it's really, it's passing it on and really passing it forward. And Viren, <coughs> what does success actually mean to you then? Success, as you know, means different things to different people. For some, it's, it's wealth. For others, it's status, happy relationships, or a life of service like Mother Teresa. But for a minority, and I would say a, a very small minority, success is a journey itself or simply reaching a desired state of being. Mm -hmm. So for me, it is the journey and reaching a desired state of being. Mm. And, and that is to live consciously. So being aware of my thoughts, my words, my actions, and also to live righteously. Mm -hmm applying what we call right conduct, you know, doing the right thing yeah. in, in, you know, in everything I do. Yes, yes. So this means emitting more positive vibes into the world and thereby attracting better outcomes for myself and the world at large. Mm -hmm. Mm. Now, we can't use metrics to measure one's state of being, as you know, <laughs> like we can measure someone's wealth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's being content with who you are. So that's what success means to me. But how do we measure contentment? You know, it's, it's not something you can, you know, measure. Mm. So, you know, I say we are here to evolve and grow in consciousness, aspiring to attain the level of God consciousness, or as the Christians would say, Christ consciousness. Mm. That, that's what we're here to, you know, keep evolving and yes. see whether we attain, yes. you know, that God-like nature, which yeah. we, <laughs> we should be aspiring to. 
Uh, but I know we are divine beings, but except for a few sages, our vibrational energy is not at the God consciousness level. Mm -hmm. For most, it is at a very low level. On a scale of 1,000, where 1,000 is an advanced state of enlightenment, according to Dr. David Hawkins, who's a renowned pioneer in the field of consciousness research, he says more than 85% of the human population have a consciousness or a consciousness calibration below 200. So we're pretty, we've got a lot of work oh, to do. We, you know, the average human being <laughs> yes. or the majority of humans, yes, yes. living at a, a level of shame or guilt mm. or weakness or negativity, mm. that's what he says. Mm. So <clears throat> at the back of our book, Virushan and I have, uh, have articulated our mission for life. And that is to raise human consciousness mm. so that we humans live in peace and harmony with each other and the other kingdoms that make our world, like the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom, mm. you know, and also to take care of our world, for ourselves and future yeah. generations, to take care of nature. And loving the planet. Yes, That's exactly, right. Exactly, exactly right. Mm. It's about, mm. Mm. you know, this is our home, this yeah. planet, and yeah. we don't want to, don't want to destroy it. No, no. <laughs> I mean, that's a wonderful, wonderful mission. And um, I think, I mean, there is, I think at the moment, there's a raising in consciousness, but obviously um, it's it's helping people understand how they can do that at, at the end of the day. And w were you actually taught any of the principles in your book as a child? And would you be happy just to share a little bit about your childhood? Absolutely, yeah. Mm. I, I was. And as I said, you know, I was born in South Africa when I was young. It was not uncommon for, you know, grandparents, the old folk, to live with their adult children and their families. Mm, mm. And my paternal grandfather, uh, you know, passed away before I was born. Right. So my grandmother lived with us for probably the first 10 years of our life, right. of my life. Right. Uh, my older brother and I shared a bedroom with her. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh, so you had very close contact. All the time, you know. Yes. It, was, it was wonderful mm. having this lady, you mm. know. She had such an influence on yeah. us. Yeah. She was a smart lady. And she played a very significant role in our upbringing. Right. She was always there to guide us mm. and teach us right from wrong. Mm. Mm. Sometimes she would tell us a story at bedtime. <clears throat> now I love stories, so I used to urge her to, mm -hmm. to tell stories. And some of them still, you know, stick with me till mm. today. And they're mm. silly little stories, yeah. but, and, and they had some learning points. Mm. For example, I'll just give you an example, a silly story. Now, once she told us of a story of a crooked milkman who would dilute his milk mm -hmm. so that he could sell more milk and earn more money. Right. <laughs> so he just increased the volume of his milk. Yes. But to get to his, from his farm to the village people, he had to cross a river by paddle boat. And one day, due to heavy rains, he was caught in a strong current. His boat capsized and he lost his whole consignment of milk. It all fell in the water, basically. Mm -hmm. And she said, you see, he added water to the milk to make more money. But eventually the water money went back into the water. <laughs> so, you know, the model of the story is yes. if you do wrong, eventually it will catch up with you and you'll pay the price for your wrongdoing. And, you know, there were many, many stories like that. You know, just like the Aesop's fables. She used to tell stories and... Uh, I don't know whether she made up the name, but she says mm. these are Bilbul stories. Right. Whoever Bilbul was, I never heard of him right. again, yeah. except for my grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm. you know, I can't point to any specific principle in our book 
that I learned as a child, my grandmother certainly instilled in me an interest in stories very early in life. Mm. And we use stories extensively in the inexplicable laws of success yes, do, to drive home, you know, mm. key learning points. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's a lot of influence, mm. you know, in my youth. Mm. I love those stories in the book. It makes it it, it, it sort of breaks it breaks it up, but they're always, um, you know, great morals to the story, and they're fun, they're fun to read. And I think that that closeness with grandparents is something that so many people lack, I think, and yet there's so much wisdom that that's gone and um, absolutely and lost. And it's yeah. very often it's simple wisdom, but it, it's um, we get you know we've got too complicated and there's too much outside influence in our lives now, which outside the family. And I think which um, absolutely really, I, um, I agree mm, one in hundred mm, percent. Mm. It's, it's she's been phenomenal. I look back in retrospect and mm. I think well. Mm. What an amazing yes. life I had just because yes. my grandmother was yeah. there at the time. Yeah. yeah, that's lovely. And how important do you think it is that our children are taught the kind of information that's in your book at school? Mm. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's immensely important, mm. especially in this day and age. Can you imagine a world where all people understand the fundamental truths about life? Mm. That our earth is just a fleck of dust, you know, it's minuscule. Mm among trillions of objects out there in the universe. It's mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that everything in our universe is just vibrational energy, you know, including mm. us humans. That energy is not created. It's just changed from one form to another. Yeah, yeah. That we can change our outcomes in life and the world at large by changing the vibrational energy that makes up who we are. That one person who vibrates at a higher level of consciousness can offset the collective negative energy of several other people. So, you know, everyone doesn't have to change. It just shows you that, yes, you yes. know, just your, your, you yourself being positive can counterbalance the negative of several negative mm. people. Mm. And it would be nice, you know, if everybody understood that our prime purpose in this life is to evolve and grow in our consciousness and actually create expansion in our world because that's what we're here for. Mm. So, you know, <clears throat> to take it further, imagine a world where people respect their differences and live together in peace, unity and prosperity. A world free from crime, corruption, mm. aggression and unnecessary suffering. A world where people serve compassionately, promote justice and abide by the law. Such a world is possible when everyone has the same level about level of understanding about the universe mm. and the natural laws of the universe. Yeah, yeah what an incredible vision. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, that's why mm. I say it's immensely important because, yeah. you know, at this present time we're confronted by global scale issues, especially conflict through cultural differences. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm. And you can see it all over the world, mm. you know. Mm. And the teachings of, in our book can be a catalyst positive change and you know we think it's transformational and it has a potential to transform mm. you know millions of lives mm. and, you know when people when people change when they change you know their behaviors when they're more conscious and they and live righteously uh, and what will happen is they'll influence others in like manner yeah and then this process will perpetuate yes and mm. you know we can change the world. It, it can cause a wave of change. That's yeah. the beauty of it. Mm. So do you think, uh, 
what can we do to actually make that happen to get to get this sort of education into schools do you think is it, i mean how where, where can we start well, I don't know whether they get in schools initially, mm. but you know we can start. Exactly, you know, we can start. You know, yeah. you, mm. we make a change by yeah. just changing one person, right? Yeah. yeah. But here's here's the fascinating thing that's happening, right? Fortunately for us, the speed at which technology is advancing is democratizing the creation of a new kind of civilization. I mean, think of the number of mobile phones in this world. There's more mm. my mobile phones in this world than there are people. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yes, so that's what we're seeing, and and you're mm. going to see a world. You know, it's a whole new kind of civilization, mm. one in which nations, organizations, and institutions built on outdated and false beliefs or false ideology will not survive. Yeah. It's it's you know, it's going to happen, mm. right? Mm. So we therefore need to leverage technology. That's what we need to get get the word out there. And proactively share the teachings, right? Not just in this book, but there are teachings mm-hmm. like this, you know, in their abundance in, in, in books, books, right? So share the truth that everything is vibrational energy, including you and me. That God is not a separate entity. You know, these, these are things we need to understand. Mm-hmm. That God is you. God is me. Mm-hmm. God is everything we see, mm-hmm. right? Everything is a manifestation of God or, you know, what we like to call universal consciousness because it's all consciousness. So to draw an analogy for your listeners, think of yourself as a tiny droplet of water and universal consciousness as the entire ocean. That means that we are an integral part of the whole and the whole is a part of each of us. So there's no separateness, no duality mm. like the droplets of water that collectively make up the entire ocean each one of us is pure energy resonating and vibrating at our own frequency different from the frequency of of anything else so basically it's about understanding and then experiencing that the creator and his creation are mm. one and the same mm-hmm. there's no separateness you know christianity says it, it says I and my father are one. Hinduism, right, while identifying oneself with the universe, says, I am that. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm mm-hmm. everything. Basically, I'm the universe. Mm-hmm. Islam says, I am the truth. So all the major religions are congruent in the understanding of yeah. creation. Yeah. You know, and yet there's so much yet conflict so between them. Yes, exactly. Points of yeah. view yeah. and yeah. ideologies yeah. and... Mm. People mm. misconstrue things, yep. and that's the cause of our problems. Mm. So you're right. You mm. know, if we can teach these principles mm. from school, yeah. wow, what a yeah. change it will make to yeah. our world. And change the change what we perceive as, well, the fear of what we perceive as differences actually into into the love of 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 our similarities and actually that we are the same and so precisely and just going back to your point at the beginning of that is that you know for people who think that all this technology is a bad thing it can be put to its wonderful use then because we have got that ability to contact and have contact with so and spread that word so much more easily i guess mm. absolutely it's, mm. it's evolution mm. you know mm. we are humans mm. we we adapt mm. right yeah. we are very adaptable yes. beings yes no, exactly 
Um, a, a bit of the book that I love, Verusha talks about your Friday night mentoring sessions. Um, so if she did that from, right from when she was a little girl. Can you share a little bit about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. My kids were brought up with a values-based mm. education, not through formal education, but through a service-based organization to which they belonged, right? Somewhat similar to you know, Sunday school as yeah. the Christians mm-hmm. would have. Mm-hmm. Assisting children with spiritual growth, building relationships, and developing leadership skills. The focus of this organization was teaching right conduct, mm-hmm. right? Building character based on universal human values. Right. Things such as sacrifice, selflessness, mm-hmm. and renunciation of self-interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, this is their grounding. And of course, I've always had a interest in personal development. I read a lot. I listened to motivational programs on audio tape and CDs. I put many of the principles into practice, uh, into practice mm-hmm. and benefited immensely from it. Some things I learned by pure observation. Uh, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, when I first started out as a computer programmer, this is before the advent of the PC, right. so you can see how long ago I started. <laughs> <clears throat> I had an intense desire to write a program to print a 12-month calendar for any year simply by entering the year into the computer. Mm-hmm. It was something I, I wanted to do, <laughs> right? And, you know, I hadn't seen anything like that then. Yes. And uh, I spent many weeks trying to figure out how I could do this. I consulted with experienced, you know, computer professionals. Um, and no one could help me. They said it would be a complicated task. Strangely enough, a few weeks later, without even searching for such an item, I came upon a small article that explained how to work out the first day of any year. Mm -hmm. That was it. That was all I needed to develop the algorithm on which I would write my program. And of course, I wrote the program and it worked like a charm. <laughs> and I impressed a lot of people in the yeah, process. I'm sure, it did. <laughs> now, but you know, what I gained from this simple, ex- simple experience is that when you have a strong intention and you put it out there, the universe will conspire to help you. The help you seek might come in a much disguised form, you know, in the form you're expecting mm, it to come to you, mm. right? But if you're really tuned in, you will recognize it as a means for achieving your desired outcome. Mm. So I was fascinated by the uncanny way in which I attracted the article out of the blue to help me develop this algorithm for my program. Mm. And of course, you know, I, being an analyst, I was very observant. You know, my mind kind of functioned in a certain mm. way. And, you know, I have experiences, you know, I had hundreds of experiences. Um, where you know, I appreciated the connectedness of the universe and the power of our thoughts to create the outcomes we desire. So for me, you know, it grabbed me pretty early in life. Yeah. And, and that was phenomenal, mm. you know. A lot of people just see these as coincidences and mm. luck and things like that. But for me, I questioned it and I said, wow, yeah. this, this is uncanny. There's something happening here, mm. you know. Mm. Uh, and that's when my readings and all that started to reinforce mm-hmm. that what I was experiencing mm-hmm. was true. How fascinating. Yeah. So is that, that analytical perhaps background, but just the, just noticing, noticing yeah. things which other people might So, not. you know, I learned mm-hmm. so much about success and success concept that I wanted to share my knowledge and experience with others, especially my own family. Mm-hmm. 
Therefore, I started this Friday evening mentoring program for family and friends, just teaching mm. them principles of success that, mm. that I learned, you know, whether it's firsthand or through my own reading or, or yep. listening, you know, yep. to audios. And as Volusia points out, my car was a mobile classroom. Yes. <laughs> you know, whenever we travel, there's always an educational or motivational audio tape or CD playing in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they couldn't listen to music or do anything like that no. because that's what was in my car. I've set my car. That was it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's how she... How she how, yes, where she, where she started learning. Yeah, her, she yes, she got programmed that yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, no, that's wonderful. I must say, my children used to get very fed up with me listening to things like that in the car too. But it goes in, even if they think it doesn't, Absolutely, I think it does. Yes. Yeah. So, with... Um, the laws of success. Do you believe anyone can be successful? And what stops people actually achieving that success? Well, let's answer the first part of the mm. question. <clears throat> As we said, success means different things to mm, different yes, people. Yes. But essentially, success is about achieving a worthy outcome, a worthy goal, right? Mm. And it's not necessarily about accumulating wealth. I think Napoleon Hill said it best. He said, <clears throat> what the mind can conceive and believe mm. it can achieve. It can achieve yeah. mm. I thought that was profound. Yes. <clears throat> you know, I believe that to be true. And I have shared many stories of people who have overcome impossible odds to achieve absolutely extraordinary mm. results in life. Mm. Mm. So the answer is yes, I believe anyone can be successful. Mm -hmm. I, I just believe in the power of the mind. Yes. I think, you yeah. know, uh, there is this connectedness in the universe and, mm. you know, we are mm. part of this this one yep. thing, you know, that's yep. the universe. Mm. So <clears throat> the second part of your question was, you know, what stops mm. people from achieving success? Mm. There are lots of things. Uh, mostly it's ignorance. It's ignorance about the laws of the universe, mm. right? And laws of success are part of the laws of the universe. To be successful, we must abide by the laws of the universe. If we attempt to defy those laws, there are consequences. Mm. So universal laws are flawless. They work perfectly every single time. They govern every aspect of our existence. And the supreme law of the universe, the mother of all laws, mm -hmm. <laughs> is the law of cause and effect. Yes. You know, some you know referred to as karma or the parable of reaping what you sow. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so you know they say for every cause sorry, for every effect, there's a cause. Something causes it, right? Yep. Yep. So every action, there's a reaction. So a positive action equates to a positive result. Mm. A negative action creates a negative result. And this law of cause and effect operates whether we, we are aware of it or not. Mm. So much of our ignorance about life and success is a direct result of our programming or conditioning. We get conditioned by our environment, well-meaning parents, mm -hmm. <laughs> siblings, teachers, mm -hmm. you know, colleagues, uh, the media, yeah. and, and so on. <clears throat> All teaching us about what life is and how it should evolve. Yeah. As we go through life, most of us blindly accept ideas that are presented to us. These ideas come, become beliefs that either limit or expand our world, right? Our beliefs determine what we take up or avoid in life. 
So success and failure, therefore, begin and end in what we believe is possible. And our beliefs come from within. They are are self-imposed. They are what we have accepted as true. So, you know, some beliefs literally put a lid on our potential. They set the boundary of our comfort zone. And we all know about comfort zones, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we humans are programmed to operate within our comfort zones. Humans are creatures of habit. But achieving goals requires that we have to push and expand the boundary of our comfort zone and learn new habits that are in alignment or congruent with achieving our goals. And that means doing things you wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are afraid to do. You yes, know? yes. Venture out and do exactly. things that they haven't do done. Things that are, yeah, so there are no easy options. Mm. Life is a complicated journey full of learning experiences mm-hmm. and growth opportunities, of course. Mm. So progress in life requires that you constantly confront and overcome challenging situations. Mm. So you have what you have today because of what you are. You can have more because you can become more. You can become more knowledgeable, you know, more enterprising, more proactive, more charitable, and so on. There's really no limit to how much more you can become. So a profound truth about success is you don't get what you want in life. You get what you are. Mm. Right? So mm. if we want to change our outcomes in life, we must acknowledge that along our journey, we have been unconsciously programmed to be who we are. We have developed preferences and prejudices, likes and dislikes, and specific beliefs and attitudes. So to get a different outcome, we must change who we are. Mm. We must change who we are. We must change our programming. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and then there has to be a desire to do that, uh, to, to start with, isn't it? And, and I think people then have to recognize that, that, that they're going to keep on getting the same thing over and over again if they don't do something different. But for some people, that <clears throat> takes a very long time. Right, you know, that and is... they keep asking, why isn't life any, why isn't life getting any better? But it, because they're actually not growing, growing themselves. You're right. Mm. And it's so true. You know, you, you can't solve a problem if you don't mm. acknowledge no, what the problem got, is. Yeah, right? yeah. So mm. until you acknowledge, yeah, mm. there is a problem. Mm. I have been programmed, mm. you know, um, Incorrectly, if you yes. use that word. Yes. And now yeah. I need to change my yeah. programming. Because yeah. you don't acknowledge that, mm. then mm. you can't fix a problem no. you don't know you have. No. But isn't it wonderful, therefore, <coughs> that we can and we have the power to do that once we've acknowledged it? So. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, you talk about the world within that creates the world without. Can you explain a little bit more about that, please? Yes, certainly. You know, I've read a lot about this and, you know, experienced it personally. You know, sustainable, sustainable prosperity begins within, right? It is said, as within, so without, right? Mm-hmm. So your outer world, when you say without, means your outer world. So your outer world is simply a reflection of your inner world of thought and emotion, right? So being successful in life is about self-mastery. It's about transforming yourself from the inside out. Mm-hmm. It is said that if you don't go within, you go without, <laughs> right? In, yes. in other words, if you fail to tap into the amazing power within you, you will go without many of the things you want, mm. right? Mm. So we live and operate in the context of two worlds, the worlds within and the world without, mm. the outside world. These are not two separate entities, 
but rather two elements of the same essence. The world within is intangible because it is mental and spiritual. Mm -hmm. The world without is material and physical. Both have shaped your destiny and will continue to do so for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right? But here's the key. It's the world within that creates the world without. Mm -hmm. The world within is the cause and the world without is the it's effect. The effect. Yes. So, you know, yeah. don't go after the effect. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we tend to do. Yeah. I used yeah. to share a nice story, you know, trying to explain this law of cause and effect. And the story goes like this. A young man went to his spiritual master and he said, uh, Master, can you please show me, teach me how to be financially affluent, mm. you know, how to be rich? Mm. And his master said, well, why do you want to be rich? And he said, well, you know, I want to do good in the world. I want to help the world, heal the world. His master said, well, you know, that's, that's a noble mission. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you the secret of success. And he did. He shared with him the secret of success. <clears throat> and your listener's going to like this because this is the secret of success. <laughs> We're hanging on your every word, friend. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you see, in this world, there are two goddesses. There's a goddess of knowledge and there's a god of, goddess of wealth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you love both goddesses. But if you want to be rich, if you want to be wealthy, then you have to pursue one goddess to the exclusion of the other. You can't pursue both goddesses. Mm -hmm. And he said, let me tell you something. Only the goddess of wealth can give you wealth. Right? And mm -hmm. the goddess of knowledge can give you knowledge. The goddess of knowledge can't give you wealth. Mm -hmm. And you have to pursue one goddess to the exclusion of mm -hmm. the other. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, common sense and logic will say, oh, I want wealth, I must mm. pursue the goddess of wealth. And he says, here's the secret. If you pursue the goddess of wealth, she is absolutely going to love you for it. <laughs> she is elusive. She mm. likes to duck and dive. She likes to be chased. And the more you chase her, the more she's going to elude you. Mm. However, if you shift your attention, if you focus your attention on the goddess of knowledge, oh, this goddess of wealth is going to become very jealous. And she is going to follow you wherever you go and shower you with material blessings just to win back the chase. Mm. Right? That's wonderful. So there you go, everybody. <laughs> so, you know, that's it. And, and that's what happens. Mm. We, we tend to chase the effect. Yeah when we should be chasing the cause. And it's not mm. knowledge is us, but I'm just saying mm. that oftentimes, you know, there's cause and effect. And when we go after the effect, mm. then we can't win. No. no. You know, something mm. causes the effect. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very powerful. Thank you. Um, could you perhaps share, uh, you talk in the, um, the book about uh, two important truths you learnt during the challenges you experienced in the first two years of your business. And I thought that was fascinating. I wonder whether you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about those. Yes, actually, there were many, many truths. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in, it is true that my first two years as an independent business person were extremely challenging. I made very little visible progress. I refer to it as a period of chaos and confusion because I was not mentally prepared for the trial and error process of mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. But 
it was amidst that chaos and confusion that I learned some powerful truths about life and success. And most importantly, I learned firstly that your life only gets better when you become better. That is by improving yourself. And secondly, prosperity comes from creating value mm. for others. Mm. So the first principle, your life gets better when you become better by improving yourself, deals with growth, right? Mm. So the key word is growth. In other words, your circumstances will only improve to the extent that you improve as a person. Yep. If you want to grow in affluence, it is essential that you grow in knowledge and skills. Mm -hmm. Many people want prosperity yet never attain it as they do not possess the character traits that qualify them for such a life. Mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. you've got to go out there and develop. Yep. Right? Um, if you want success, it's prudent to first develop the qualities of success, we say. The second principle, prosperity comes from creating value for others, mm -hmm. deals with contribution. Yes. Right? So contribution is about adding value to other people's lives and making this world a better place. You can only effectively do so when you increase your personal growth. Mm. If you really analyze all those with extraordinary wealth, like Bill Gates, for example, the extent of their contribution to society is well known. Mm. Right? Imagine how what life would be without, mm. you know, the Microsoft yes. product, yes. right? <laughs> so you can you see yeah. what happened, mm. you know, how much it increased productively in the world. So yep. the impact he had mm -hmm. has come back to him. Indirect, right? indirect, yeah. Yep. So it's in, it may be an interesting way to think about it, but in monetary terms alone, this means that what you earn today is in direct proportion to the value of your service mm. to others. Right. Right? Yep. So prosperity is the direct result of these two elements, growth mm -hmm. and contribution. So I say prosperity equals growth plus contribution. Yeah. Prosperity is an effect. Mm. And okay. every effect has a? Cause. <laughs> Therefore, your level of prosperity is caused by the extent of your own growth and contribution. Yeah. So the more you grow and contribute, the greater your capacity to earn. Basically, the more valuable you become you know, to others, uh, the more value you will receive in return. Mm. So new skills and abilities, new attitudes, mm. new beliefs... Mm. New behaviors, sometimes changing direction completely, yes. you know, will attract greater prosperity into your life. And that's what I had to do, you know, from a full-time job mm. uh, in the computer industry. I had to do something completely different. Yeah, I made a complete do. change in direction. Yes. And a lot of people don't want to do this, yeah. right? Yeah. <coughs> so that's what it's about. Okay. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you. And then... I come across and talk to a lot of people who they want to do something but they don't know what it is. They don't. They keep talking about. Well, and I know I did as well. I, I mean, looking for their purpose. I think as we get older, and realise that life actually is quite short, we want to have made some kind of difference. Um, we want to leave something behind that's a value, or at least, or at least add value while we're here. So, how do people get clear about what they really want, about what their purpose is? Yeah, you know, that's an interesting question too. Um, again, come back to that, you know, why should these principles be taught in school? Mm. And basically, we are here to make a difference in the world. People mm. need to understand. It's not about getting. It's not about the effect. Mm. No. It's about Giving. cause, right? Mm. So this mm. is why people are stuck because mm. they think, how can I get? Yes. If they think of how can I make a difference in the world, then things will change for them. 
So your job is to grow in your divine nature and contribute to making the world a better place, thereby living a purposeful life. Mm. Because now you've got purpose, right? Yes. You're thinking yes. beyond yourself. So living a purposeful life is about using your unique gifts and talents to fulfill that specific role that only you can perform. Now you have a choice whether to live your life with intent and purpose or let yourself drift through your days with a lack of passion and achievement. Because mm. that's what people are doing, yeah. right? And they're saying, I didn't find my purpose. Yes, yes. <laughs> so most people drift through life without ever discovering why they are here or their special calling or purpose. So to lead a purposeful life, follow your passion. That's something you do even if you didn't get paid for it, mm. right? Mm. I mean, you can monetize these things later, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Sometimes one thing leads to another. A person starts in one discipline and something happens. They gain the knowledge mm. and they make a shift, yeah. right? And yeah. they do something else which yes. adds a lot of value to the world. When we live a passionful life, we are living on purpose, right? And that is the purpose of life, to live mm. on, purpose, on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. The real purpose of anyone's life is to be fully involved in living, right? So try to be present for the journey. You're on a journey. So try to be mm. present for the journey and fully embrace it. Engage life. It's about doing. It's about implementation. It's about productivity. It's about perseverance, mm. right? To persevere, right? So it's passion. Plus, daily action equates to a purposeful life. Now, of course, living a purposeful life is not for the faint-hearted. <laughs> life is challenging, you know, to put it mildly. Mm. Immense opportunities to learn and grow are hidden in these challenges, right? Right in these challenges. To live a purposeful life, you need to have a purpose, right? That is something bigger and beyond yourself. Mm. Because a lot of people are thinking about self. Yes, it's about selflessness, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and that's where the problem is. That's why I told you my, my children you know, came from a values-based background. Yeah. It was about sacrifice yeah. and being selfless. Yeah. Right? Something that propels you out of bed in the morning. So having purpose will call forth the fire of your passion. It's a driving force behind all accomplishments of greatness, in fact. Mm. right? The truth is, you have incredible power within you. You know, you've got to realize this. Never before have we come so close to understanding our true nature and this incredible personal power that we have. Now, as human consciousness is evolving, we are learning more and more about our inner capacity to shape our lives and achieve the, any outcome we desire. So simply choosing to access this power, that's all it is. We've got to choose to tap into this power. And if you do that, you will improve your life and the lives of others. Mm. Aristotle said that the ultimate aim or purpose of human life is to achieve personal happiness. When we are happy, we are truly enjoying lives. We are doing the things we love and sharing that happiness with those around us. When we are happy, our every thought and our every action is coming from a positive and liberating place. So if you look at it closely, True and lasting happiness comes when you are growing as a person mm. and at the same time contributing to the world around you. Yeah. Mother Teresa's greatest joy was giving joy to others. Yes. Right? Yeah. So the true purpose of life is not what you can get out of it, 
but what you can become by it. So it's becoming somebody yeah. different. Yeah. Therefore, your mission in life is to become all you can be, to push the limits of your capabilities and keep growing until the day you die, mm. <laughs> mm. to undertake that next goal and take that, take a crack at that even bigger dream. This is the purpose of life. This is what a purposeful life is. Yeah. This is kind of life worth living, you know. With juice and gusto and yes, passion. Yes, no, that's right. And it doesn't have to happen, as you say, all at once. I think, I mean, the universe recognizes if people want to change um, and start doing things bit by bit, that then doors will open and other things will come along. And uh, it's uh, exactly, you know, mm, as I said, mm. that the universe conspires to help mm, you put it out mm, there mm. And, and things will happen yeah, for you. Yeah, right. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. you know, opportunities will present themselves, mm. but they'll come. Dressed in work clothes. Yes. And this is what puts most people off. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating subject, it's, isn't it? It's absolutely fascinating. And you put it so beautifully. And honestly, I could listen to you for hours, but we're going we're gonna to have to wrap <laughs> no, up, I'm afraid. If people want to um, get in touch with you, or and I would so encourage everybody who's listening to, to read this book and to share it with others, um, what's the best way for them to, to find you? I think, you know, go to the website, the inexplicable laws of success.com mm-hmm. and contact me through there. Okay, great. Uh, the mm-hmm. publishing company, you know, mm-hmm. we got a publishing company called Ink and Ivory. Mm-hmm. There's also an opportunity to contact me through there. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Lovely. That's the best way to, to get in touch. Super. Thank you so much, Varend. It's been absolutely fascinating. I'm so grateful to you. Cool. And um, I know everybody will absolutely love that. <laughs> thank you so well, much. Thank you, Kid. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's, it's good to share. And mm-hmm. uh, I hope mm-hmm. people learn prin- these principles yeah. and internalize them, make them their own, mm-hmm. and, you yeah. know, share them with the world. Share them onwards, exactly. Yeah. Lovely. Thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Remarkableness podcast today. If you'd like to get in touch with Varend or find out more about his book, then go to www.theinexplicablelawsofsuccess.com. And as usual, if you find the information on this podcast valuable and you think others would as well, then please share it forward. And I do, of course, always value any comments uh, and feedback that you have. I'll see you next week.